Welcome to the Business of Sales podcast. I'm Morris Sims, and hey, today I've got a secret to share with you, okay? We're, we're not telling anybody except the great people who listen to the Business of Sales. So, you ready? Here we go. We are building a communication system to share brief, one page or less, emails with ideas, concepts, knowledge, and skills that you can use to improve your financial services business, help it to grow, help you just to improve your results. All those kind of things are what we're going to be sharing. Okay, now somebody out there just said, okay, Morris, like what? What are, what are we really talking about? Well, when you register, you're going to get a free audio program on marketing. 22 minutes that you can listen to on your commute or while you work out or obviously any convenient time for you. So to get your marketing audio program and register for more, go to getcourse.cc forward slash marketing. That's getcourse, G-E-T-C-O-U-R-S-E dot C-C forward slash marketing. Won't you please join us? I think you're going to find a lot of what we share to be useful in your business. You're getting an advanced heads up here, folks. I mean, this is before anybody else in the world. We're not going to share this until golly, probably sometime later in July. So please take advantage of your advance notice. Your first email is going to come sometime later in the week of July. And if you decide, of course, at any time that you'd like to not hear from us, all you got to do is click unsubscribe and we're going to get out of your inbox right away. So, hey, thanks for listening to the Business of Sales. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Welcome to the Business of Sales. You're here because you want to improve your results in your business, right? Well, that's exactly you with this podcast. We give you practical ideas to help you, and we have guests on the show who are going to share their expertise, and that's going to help you get what you want. Hey, here's a clip from today's show. Usually when I'm networking, I'm looking to expand my network, and I'm looking for the right strategic partners to align with me. Tyler Foley is our guest today on the business of sales. Tyler's an author. He's also an actor. He's acted in film and TV and on the stage. He, he was a part of Broadway on their touring company and in uh, ragtime, which is one of the few Broadway shows that my wife and I got to see when we were in New York. I love having Tyler on the phone today. He's a keynote speaker and an author, as I mentioned. He also talks a lot about and knows a lot about networking, which is what I hope we're going to be able to chat with Tyler more about as we get into it today on the Business of Sales. Tyler, welcome. Glad you're here. Oh, Morris, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to serving your audience. Tyler, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I think you uh, you alluded to it. I, I've been in performing arts since I was six years old, so it's over 35-year history now of acting in film, television, and Broadway. I, as you mentioned, had the joy of being on uh, the touring company of Ragtime, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal musical, and I think uh, would have been uh, much more recognized at the Tonys if it hadn't come out the same year as Lion King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of uh, sort of messes you up, doesn't it? Yeah, which is a phenomenal production into itself. I just it didn't happen to be the one that I was involved in, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've I've you know had a very happy and long career in the arts. Right now, I consider myself semi-retired from it. In that now I'm running three separate companies, and <laughs> it takes up a lot of my time. But I still get to go out every once in a while. My agent phones me when there's a nice role and we go out and audition and 
have fun. I've gotten my daughter into it now. She's five years old. So I now get to be a proud stage parent and still be involved every once in a while, just through her getting on to set. And yeah, I think my most exciting thing beyond being in ragtime was I got to do a wonderful uh, biopic piece with William H. Macy and Helen Mirren called Door to Door. And I would strongly advise anybody who is in sales to go and watch that show because it's about a gentleman by the name of Bill Porter who lived in the Pacific Northwest and was the top salesman for the Watkins company going door to door and had cerebral palsy. So anybody who's in sales, if they're they're like, oh, well, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, well, you go watch door to door. See what Bill Porter managed to do with uh, very limited resources and a lot of challenges and then come back and complain to me about how you can't do sales. Exactly. The, the Bill Porter story is one of the most exciting and, and I think one of the most touching stories I've ever seen in my life. And I would strongly recommend that everybody do that and get the book that uh, was written by his, uh, the young lady who started off as a teenager as his assistant. Uh, just, just really a wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, we've, we've shown the 60 minute uh, piece on Bill several times in, in major presentations we've done. Uh, I just love the story. So yeah, that, that Bill Porter thing is really, really cool. Tyler, running two businesses, you've got to be a networking expert here for us. Tell us about how you do networking and what, what makes it different from the way you look at it than the way maybe we're looking at it. Well, for one thing, when I go in to do networking, I'm not going looking to to get clients. So I have a different mindset when I go in. Usually when I'm networking, I'm looking to expand my network and I'm looking for the right strategic partners to align with me so that I have a network of referrals. Um, And I don't mean people who are going to refer my business. I mean, businesses who uh, support my business in that if I can't answer or be the solution to somebody's problem, which is usually 90% of the time at any networking event, I can still solve their problem by tapping into my network because I have a very large group of aligned strategic partners. So if my services aren't what somebody immediately needs right now, I can still be a solution for them by introducing them to the person who I know can solve their problem. I learned that from the late Bernie Dorman, who is an incredible man. He showed me the the right way to network and it's uh, exponential, the growth that I've had. So anytime I'm going in, the first question that I'm going to ask somebody is, you know, what do you do? How can I be of service? What do you need right now? And I listen. It becomes active listening exercise to really hear what their pain points are and to quit trying to shoehorn my solution into that, but to really delve into my network and go, okay, if you need X, who do I know that does X and introduce those two? It creates stronger relationships and business is all about relationships. And if I can be the person who solved the problem, they're going to remember that. They're also going to be thankful that I didn't try shoving my business card or a shoebox solution into their, into their little problem. Tyler, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Tell us more about active listening. What does that mean to you? How do you practice that? Well, first of all, I do it with eye contact. <laughs> it's really hard to be distracted if you are making eye contact with somebody. And I 
genuinely try to uh, repeat back. You know, everybody knows a lot of these techniques are, are they're tried and true. Right? You make the eye contact, repeat back what the problem is. But I also try to stay away from the tertiary uh, questions. So if somebody is giving me kind of small talk answers, I will ask, no, really, what, you know, if I could, my favorite question is, if I could wave a magic wand and solve the one solution that's keeping you up at night right now, what would it be? You know, and I just let them riff on that and then listen to the language that they're using. Is it, is it specific or is it generic? And if it's generic, I have them drive deeper because I really do want to be a solution provider. And uh, I also want to know what they do. So that's always helpful. I always want to know what they do first because it might may be something that I can uh, refer other people to. And then I want to know what the pain point is. So this is what you do. So what's stopping you from doing that in a, in a better, more effective way? What's the, what could I do to improve your business for you right now? And if it is my solutions, right? Like if somebody needs to be better public speaking, if they need tips on networking, then, then I'm able to provide that solution for them. But usually it's the last thing down on their list, right? Let's, let's get you to the point where you've got the big product to promote and then I will come in and help you make it stagey and showy. Right. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the language that they're using primarily is what I pay attention to. So Tyler, how do you go about finding people to network with in today's uh, world of Zoom meetings and, and very few face-to-face kind of opportunities? So that's actually a really good question, Morris. There are a lot of emerging digital platforms and all anybody needs to do is type virtual networking. So I know there is um, a new digital kind of meeting space that's been put together called Spark. And I've actually had the privilege of virtually speaking there. And it is a, a fully immersive environment. So you create an avatar and they run it off of an old 3D uh, game engine. So like the Unreal game engine and people can go in and they, they go to this conference center and they actually network. And it's very similar to a real world networking environment where you go and you talk to people and you can go have private conversations inside of these isolated areas. And then you can network as a whole. I've seen a virtual platform that is real life video that is similar. Um, I was a guest on a show a few weeks ago and the, uh, the developer was on. So there are plenty of opportunities outside of zoom because I find zoom frustrating and then there are, you know, your, your typical avenues. So your chambers of commerce and a lot of um, those similar venues still are holding uh, virtual platforms and summits. So you can always find ways of getting on. And what I do, um, if I'm on a virtual platform like that, again, this is where active listening comes in really handy. I like to, I will sit back and I will watch, I will pay attention to first of all, who's paying attention. So that's one of the fun things in the video. Cause remember I'm looking for strategic partners. So if somebody is tuned out in a networking event virtually, I'm going to notice that because their camera's on. <laughs> and so I will know that they're probably somebody who doesn't invest if they're, they're multitasking in a bad way. 
right? So I will look for the people who are engaged. I'll also look for the people who are talking and I will discuss with them. Uh, I will take note of what it is that they need and then reach out to them after the event and say, I noticed that you had mentioned this was an issue. Um, can you explain a little bit more to me what you're looking for and open up that dialogue? And people can do that on LinkedIn too. And please, please, please don't be a spammer on LinkedIn. The fastest way <laughs> to get blocked. I, I strongly advise people to do the research. Yes, there are tools available to you on LinkedIn that allow you to get a massive reach very quickly. Slow and steady wins the race. If you actually genuinely want to network and grow relationships, take the time to invest some research into the people you're reaching out to, to network with, and it will go a long, long way. How true. Uh, I've been reading a book called Digital Persuasion, and I, for the life of me, Erin King, I think, is the author of that. And she says very much the same kind of thing, wrote a whole book about it, and it's just it's amazing. Tyler, tell me a little more about networking in today's world. I mean, it's, it's virtual and stuff. You've obviously run a couple of businesses. You do a lot of networking. I read an article this morning by a guy who said that business sales really – going to go back in house. I mean, there's no reason for a salesperson to get out of the office anymore. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's not going to happen anymore. We're going to see sales evolve to a, uh, at your desk kind of a thing. How does that strike you? I would say it's a hundred percent false. I think they're particularly shown this year. I don't disagree that sales can be done from a digital platform and from a desk. Absolutely. Can it be done? Yes. People have been doing it. Um, you know, there's a whole digital marketing, uh, movement and push, right? Emails and, and videos and, uh, your webinars and et cetera. So can it be done? Absolutely. But there is even for me, and I run a series of webinars with the speaking coach program that I put together. So we have, you know, the free webinars, we have paid webinars, we have paid digital content where people can come in and learn in the academy. I still have a subcontracted sales team that will handle inbound warm calls because there's something about being able to talk to a person. We have considerably better conversion just because I have somebody who can answer somebody's question and there's, and yes, that's done um, remotely currently, but I, even when I'm doing my conferencing and I'm, I'm speaking from stage and I'm doing a sell from stage particularly, or even when I go to a small networking event, my pitch is always the same. Are you, or do you know somebody who struggles with public speaking, who could be improving their business if they had the courage to stand up in front of a group of people and say what's on their mind or tell them about their incredible product. And if this is you, I would love to have a conversation with you in the back of the room. And that's it. It's the world's simplest sales pitch, but that's how you do networking, right? Because then it draws the people who you've now qualified to you. You don't have to run around the room handing out business cards like they're going out of style. And you and I both know all they're going to do is end up in the trash at the end of the night. Anyway, you draw people to you and then you, you can educate them and further pre-qualify them, but you have to do that in person. Now I can replicate it digitally, but the conversions aren't as good because there's something about the in-person contact. 
I can do all the research that I want on a new car. I still have to go to a dealership and buy it. You mentioned earlier uh, relationships. That's really what it's all about. And we're not going to build relationships if we're if we're simply you know trading emails. It's it's not going to build a relationship. And in fact, a Zoom call isn't going to build a relationship in one meeting. It's going to take you know six months. But we don't have that kind of time. So I agree with you. I, I think it's it's pretty far fetched to think that all sales would wind up in that in that category. Tyler, I'm also very interested in your work with presentation skills. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Our particular audience probably does a lot of one-on-one presentation skills where we're educating people and helping them then to to make a decision to either buy or not buy our product and move on from there. Presentations don't change whether you're doing it one-on-one or one-on-many. Um, my presentation to you is going to be the same as the presentation to your audience. And I think that's the real key to understanding good and effective presentations. The other thing that I would strongly encourage everyone, particularly if you're doing one-on-one, to really embrace storytelling. Les Brown says it perfectly, never make a point without a story, never tell a story without a point. That is doubly true with sales. If you are trying to convey a message or if you are trying to convince somebody of, uh, of a truth that you know, the best way to do it is to get them to see your point of view through your eyes. And the best way to do that is through storytelling. So I would encourage everyone who's going out and doing these one-on-ones to have very specific stories that make the points that you're trying to do. Because as everybody knows, right, stats tell, stories sell. But why that is true is because we glaze over the data. Like I don't, I don't make um, decisions based on my logical reaction to the information being presented. I'm going to make the decisions based on my emotional reaction to those numbers. And if you can't tie those numbers to me emotionally, you don't have me on the hook. I need to have the emotional connection to do it. And the quick way to do that is to tell me a story that gets me invested in that information. So on the one-on-one presentations, if people don't have a a very specific set of stories that they tell to illustrate very specific points, I would start making those stories pretty quick. Track it down, whether those are testimonials from other um, clients that you've worked with or warnings of people who haven't followed your advice or... um, you know, success stories of people who have followed your advice, um, or even yourself, how did you get here? A lot of times when people are like, I can't figure out who my avatar is, who is my ideal client? I usually say, well, who are you five or 10 years ago? And look back at what you needed to know. What did you learn? How have you applied it? And now how can you use that information to help your clients? And telling that story is usually the most powerful way to do it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Tyler, do you have a good story you can tell us? Tell us a story. What what uh, about presentation skills? Tell us a story, Tyler. Absolutely. So first of all, I, I understand when your audience is listening and I'm talking about, you know, overcoming stage fright and, and <laughs> you know, just, just talking in front of people. And I know for a fact because there are multiple studies to prove it. 77% of the people out there right now are like, no, I do not want to talk in front of a stage. And our 
probably going, and it's easy for this Tyler guy because trained actor and had been in film and television since he was six years old. Obviously, this guy has no stage fright. And it's not true. I have had stage fright, but I had the luxury of discovering stage fright after I had already found the love of the stage. Because I first time performing, I was six years old. And anybody who has a young child knows that children are not fearful of anything. It's always a learned behavior. So I had grown up in the theater loving being on stage and loving performing and loving an audience and feeling the power that you get from applause. And because I had been performing for a long time, I you know, did speech competitions and did various different public speaking venues where people just knew if you needed a presentation done, you asked Tyler to do it, even through elementary and junior high. And so I was often asked to read um, a poem during Remembrance Day or Veteran Day ceremonies. And it's the famous Flanders Field poem, and I would be asked to deliver it. And so I'd probably done that oh, a half a dozen times over the course of the years. And when I was 14, I'll never forget it. I was in the auditorium, uh, school gymnasium, and I was about to go up and open the ceremony with the poem. It was, it was kind of, you know, we had a quick introduction and a welcoming of dignitaries. And then I was to go up and read Flanders Field. And then we were going to play taps and then do a uh, rest of the presentation. And as they were introducing the dignitaries, they had wheeled up this gentleman who, I don't know if he was a World War One or World War II vet, but he was old and in a wheelchair had on his full dress uniform, heavily, heavily decorated. And he looked like um, just grizzled, like he had seen the world and didn't like what he had seen. It kind of looked like if Clint Eastwood had eaten a lemon. That was the grizzled look that this man had. And piercing blue eyes. I will never forget those eyes for the rest of my life. He had... he despite his physical frailty, his eyes were strong. If you know what I mean? Like he was sharp and he looked at me and I'll never forget this because he had a, a, even though he was in a wheelchair, he had a cane walking cane laid over his lap and he leaned his chin on it as they were introducing him. And he, he was, I can't remember all the different things that he had had, but he was very, very highly decorated and uh, had a list of accomplishments, uh, military accomplishments that they that read out as they were introducing him. And he kind of leaned forward on his cane and he looked at me. And at that moment, I just had this sudden rush of how can, how can I read this poem to this man who I, I don't know anything about what he has gone through. And I don't know anything really about the war at 14. You know, I've done a little bit of study, but like, what do I actually know about war. And this man is looking at me and he is, he is decorated. He has been there. He knows what's going on. And I am, I am nothing. And he is everything. And I started having this comparison and this pedestal going on. And as soon as I started doing that, I started to panic. I, I clammed up. My mouth went dry. I got really cold, started shaking. Nerves took over. Um, I, I experienced stage fright for the first time in my life. 
at 14 years old. And it took me years to figure out why that happened because it didn't happen often, but when it did happen, why? And what I realized from that is that what I was afraid of and what most people are afraid of when they say that they're afraid of public speaking, they're not afraid of public speaking. You and I speak in public all the time. If I go to a restaurant and order food, I've just talked to somebody in public like that. We have public interactions. We speak in public all the time, but what we are actually afraid of is judgment. We are afraid of our words being judged or our character being judged by what we have said out loud in public. And in that moment, when I was 14 years old at a remembrance day ceremony, being looked at by this man who had been in a war, I was terrified of his judgment of me and how I would read this poem that I really hadn't invested a lot of meaning into, but obviously meant something to him. At least that was the story that I was putting in my head. And that was my other realization, that it's a story in my head. I don't know if that man actually thought that. He's probably there going, man, I hope it's I get entertained by this young whippersnapper. And yet I panicked and <laughs> definitely didn't deliver on the entertainment factor. Tyler, what a great story. I, that, that is outstanding. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And it tells it really, really well. There's, there's a hero, there's a villain. I mean, it's, it's just a wonderful story. Thank you. And it's, it's real <laughs> and sincerity yeah. is the, the best form of, of anything. I think it's, it's all about being sincere. Hey, Tyler, thank you so much. Tell me a little bit about uh, your new book, the power of speaking naked. Yeah, so The Power to Speak Naked is a, a book that will be out in bookstores September 9th as a re-release. So I had originally self-published that as a, a book to give to my my clients and people who come to my workshops and seminars as a, as a reminder of some of the tips and tricks and techniques to overcome stage fright, uh, put together better presentations, really engage your audience and find ways to be just a better presenter. And I was lucky enough to be picked up by a really cool publisher, Morgan James, who had come to one of my seminars. The president of it had come and had said, you know, he really liked the book. He was introduced to it actually by Les Brown, who I've had the privilege of speaking with on stage. He had approached me and said, would you like to, you know, have this in stores? And I said, well, who wouldn't? <laughs> that seems like an amazing thing. Tell me more about this process. So we've been working together for the last uh, half a year, and I'm excited that uh, under the Morgan James banner and in support of Habitat for Humanity, the book will be in brick-and-mortar stores throughout the world um, on September 7th. And if anybody is interested, I would absolutely love it if they would go and pre-order at Barnes & Noble for the book, because it uh, not only helps me, but it, it helps you, particularly in this day and age. And, and on Zoom, I've seen it so much with all of the Zoom meetings. People who do have this fear of speaking have been forced to come out and kind of at least briefly discuss things in what I would consider to be a safe environment because now they're in the comfort of their own home. They're still speaking in a group and I can see a light at the end of the tunnel because I think everybody has a story. I think there is a power in sharing our stories 
And I really want to see people more comfortable and be able to confidently take stages, especially our sales folks, especially the ones that are having to do one-on-one multiple times a day. Let's get your pitch. Let's get your story honed down. And that's really what the book was designed to do. It wasn't designed to help people get onto the big stages like Tony Robbins. It's designed to help people like you and me who are having daily interactions, one-on-one, one-on-a-few, lots of presentations to really nail that pitch down and get yourself confident in presenting information in a succinct and powerful way. That is fantastic, Tyler. Thank you so much. So we go to Barnes & Noble and pre-order The Power to Speak Naked. How else can we find you? What, What else should we do to get in touch with you if we'd like to get more information? Well, anybody can always check me out on my website. It's seantylerfoley.com, and Sean is spelled S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And make sure you go, hey, Tyler, I heard you on Morris's podcast, and I will say, perfect. And anybody who actually goes there right now, we have a free download for them called The Method. It's an 11-page booklet that has five insider secrets uh, that I learned over the last 35 years of public speaking on how you can have uh, better presentations, get over stage fright, and uh, just really hone your craft. It's a free download and available to anybody who goes to SeanTylerFoley.com. Outstanding. So there's two action steps for everybody right there. Number one, go to Barnes & Noble and pre-order the book. And number two, go to SeanTylerFoley.com and pick up the message Oh, what great stuff. Tyler, thank you so much for being with us here today. Morris, it was an absolute pleasure. I hope I was of service. Absolutely, you were. No doubt about that. With networking and presentation skills, you knocked the cover off the ball, my friend. Hey, for everybody out there, you guys get out there and make it a great week. Have a great time, and I look forward to seeing you again next week on The Business of Sales.